now listening to the Seventh Rounders. Welcome back to another Epi. The boys are here. A Tuesday afternoon round. Um, you know, we're making time for John. We're making time. It's all about John. That's okay. We're using Microsoft. Are you talking fast? Are you talking faster than usual? I am because I know Stop you're doing that. Early. That's bothering me. I couldn't tell if it was a glitch in the computer or if that was uh so also for the folks at home, we're on Google Hangouts tonight. We've switched platforms. Skype, see you later, pal. We're done with Skype. Skype's got a lot of issues. Um for quite honestly, the fact we were still on Skype here in 2022, summer, kind of crazy. So we're on Google Hangouts tonight. We're workshopping it. I want to be on Teams. Chad, as Connor was pointing out pre-show, Chad, it's like Chad's never worked. So Chad's got none of these apps. He doesn't know. Chad doesn't know anything out here. He knows one world. It's WebEx, apparently. You're goddamn right. Um, how? How how have you not been more versatile than that? It's like having, it's like, it's like you go to dinner and all you bring is a or all you got is a butter knife, basically. You know, a, you're, you're you're not equipped for any sort of you're not equipped for any sort of volume to your dinner. You know, John, it's funny. You said probably a minute and 40 seconds ago that you wanted me not to do a lot of small talk and you're just dominating the conversation with small talk right now. Because I like, you know what, you know, the meme, the recent meme, never let them know your next move. Wow. I have you in my spider web right now. I have I might propose you. I might, I might propose you an outrageous fantasy baseball trade where you just have no choice, but to accept it because of, of where we're at right now. Okay. Just do it. Send it as we talk. Um, you know what I realized? And last thing, this is going to go right into what we're going with the home run derby. Juan Soto just won the home run derby. Why the fuck did Nick Edgar trade Juan Soto and Bobby Witt? What was, like, what was, what the hell? I looked at that last night again, and I almost threw up. I mean, I mean come on. <laughs> I think the thought is Jordan Alvarez was just absolutely a machine when he traded for him. Juan I think he hit, Soto. like, 418. Juan also, Soto, I don't so. want to over. I don't want to overreact to a home run derby, right? I, mean, I know, I know, but I'm has, saying here, I know Juan Soto went crazy after he participated last year, but like, I don't think the what? home run derby has any implications right. on the. You know what's crazy though is Juan Soto. I think he's what he's in his third or fourth year. He's 23. I like people for he got called up at like 19, 20 years old. Um, he's a stud. Now I will say I don't. I you know I think the I think the MLB needs to change. They need to implement some sort of carryover where maybe not all of your home runs from the first couple rounds carry over, but Julio Rodriguez put on a show. He stole the night. I was obviously, I'm obviously a big Julio guy. You know, we've been on the Julio Rodriguez, the J-Rod show train for a minute. Um, he hit, I think, 81 home runs. It's the second most home runs ever hit in the home run derby to uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. in 2019, 2018 or 2019. Um, I, like, they got to implement maybe, like, 50% carryover from the first two rounds, like some sort of incentive for those first two rounds, because like you get tired, like you get tired, maybe it's part of the strategy, but at the same time, Julio went first. He had to set the bar, you know, he had to set the bargain. Seager hit, you have to hit as many as you can against fucking Pete Alonzo, Mr. Meditation, you know, out there in the batting cages in the depths of uh, Dodger stadium, just, you know, putting his meditation on getting smoked. He's deadlifting. Why are we deadlifting before the competition? There's no benefit to that. All you're going to do is increase your odds, I think, to pull your hamstrings on one of these big fat swings with your fake artificial batting stance because you're not trying to hit a home run in a real game. What are we doing, Pete? Pete's acting like he's not nervous and he's putting on a show for the camera. 
It was an absolute facade over there. Listen, anyway, I, I so Juan Soto, I think Juan Soto, deserving champion. He did take down Albert Pujols, which was pretty electric. I was rooting for Pujols to make the championship because if that happened, Julio would have won by 20 bombs. It wouldn't have even been a sweat. But um, I saw ultimately I think Julio was the star of the show. I wish my bet would have would have cashed because he was the star. I'm glad for his opportunity and his moment because everyone in the country that likes baseball and sports should know Julio Rodriguez. He's a stud for the Mariners. I wish he was a pirate. Um, good for Juan Soto. Great derby. Entertaining. Chat Kyle on you. Schwarber, did he throw the first round to let Pujols Absolutely, win? and so did ESPN. They're all in but, together. But that whole that whole matchup against Albert Pujols, you couldn't have scripted it better if you were Vince McMahon. I mean, that was one. It was like almost so in, intentionally obvious to me by the end. I just granted, I'll get I'll give Pujols credit for hitting seven in that uh, extra round. Like that's. Honestly, a pretty good score in whatever he had, 30 seconds, 60 seconds. But for them to, like, tie in the first round, and it appeared they gave Pujols one way after the buzzer in that. And then Schwarber, they don't count one, or they do count one at the end there. We have no idea what the hell's going on. The whole ESPN broadcast in general, by the way, was a mess. Just you a need disaster. Chris Berman on there to make the calls. You know, it's like, it's just not the same without Chrissy on there. But I wanted to say, in terms of Alonzo, he made it incredibly hard to root for him last night. I know he yeah. was doing it for a good cause, but, like, what are we doing? Like, he was just being so hardo. And, like, everybody, all the other guys are having, like, a good time, just, you know, dancing around, enjoying it. But... I thought it was a great derby once after I got over losing like multiple Schwarber bets because I, I had a lot of uh, a lot. I, I had a, a few bets on him. Um, I mean, the fact he bowed down immediately after I was like, this son of a bitch just threw that thing. But after it got past that, I thought it was actually a very, very entertaining derby. I love all that it. being I mean, said, we're all on the same page that. Aaron Judge would absolutely fucking destroy everyone in that field. Like, why does he not do it? Why does he not do it? I think he did it in 17, and it was so not remotely close that he was just kind of over it. That's the only thing I can think of. He wow. doesn't need to do anything else. Wow. But did he win or lose? He won. He won pretty easily. Yeah, he hit second in every round. Like, guys were hitting like 15 to 18 homers. He was doing that in a minute. So he didn't even break a sweat out there. Um, Let's go the open championship. Um, and congratulations to, and John is just being distracting. Congratulations to Cam Smith, um, the 2022 open champion. Just a, you know, I have nothing against Cam Smith, but my God, I want Rory McElroy to win. He didn't do anything wrong. Cam Smith was just better. Rory didn't choke. Cam was just. I mean, the putting display had me tingling in all areas. Um, Doesn't he have a very good. unique putting approach? Isn't he one of the few players that doesn't take practice swings during his putting or very few practice swings? That could be the case. I'm not exactly sure, but that wouldn't surprise me. Um, but whatever he's doing, it works. Um it was a solid tournament at, I'll just say, goofy course. Um, so, overall, it was a fun weekend. 
of golf. Any any final thoughts on the Open, last major of the year? Were you a little yeah. upset that the course didn't play harder? Kind of. I, I feel I like think the British is... Open. Sorry, I think the British Open routinely is like one of the harder tournaments to play. A lot of it is usually due to weather. I think, but yeah. I just feel like in years past, the British Open is always low scoring. I think it had everything to do with the weather. I think the weather was just good all weekend, and guys just tore that place up. Um, I don't know about in terms of maintenance, uh, if anything was different. It's just you can spray the ball wherever and find it and, like, not be in trouble. Um, balls, I can't even tell. Some of the times they were showing, I'm like, I don't even know what green they're hitting at. It was just yeah. chaos. The camera angle has got to be better. For the viewer, guys like, were walking crazy. it through each other, you know, someone's hitting, it's landing like 10 foot from a guy on another hole. It was chaos. I couldn't understand what was going on, but you know, it is what it is. This is a good tournament. It was a good golf year. You have um, any thoughts on Tiger quickly? Uh, Just disappointed or expected? I actually don't say expected because you were probably expecting him to win. No, not expected. Like I thought he would. I I thought he would. Be, I didn't even put him to make the cut because I wasn't sure. I thought it would be close. He just he really didn't play well. He seems to be walking better. Um. So I I I don't know. I mean, let's be honest. Going forward, whether he plays for another two, three, four years, it's it's going to be probably seven or eight tournaments a year. He'll play in all the majors, and if you're going to bet on him, it's at Augusta. He's just. He's different there than you know any, any other course. So, I have an interesting question though. If he if he does that, doesn't he get his tour card revoked? Isn't he not playing in enough tournaments? Uh no, because he's won every major, so he gets exemptions. Okay. So, for example, if you win a Masters, you can play in it till yeah. you drop that. I get that, but like, there's only so many events that are non. PGA Tour events, you know? Oh, so, so I mean, he won't play in a lot of tour events. Like, he plays the one in the fall in the Bahamas. It's like his tournament. I don't think it's a PGA Tour event, so he can play in that. Um, the players, I'm not sure about. He has a set of, like, four or five tournaments that he basically has always played in that are, like, smaller events that my guess is he either has exemptions or it's not an official PGA Tour event where he'll be fine. So I expect it to be seven, eight, nine events he'll play every year. Um, let's move on. Football talk. The Pac-12. Wait, wow. real quick. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Chad. I just I can't gloss gloss over this. I hit two four majors. I had Cam Smith outright plus two thousand, and I had Justin Thomas in the U.S. Open. I went five hundred. If you're batting three hundred in the MLB over your career with enough at bats, you're a Hall of Famer. The kid at 500 this year. I mean, just giving out free picks. Who won the competition? I did. Again. I need to count up the math. Why are we not that. talking about – I mean, Chad, I mean, I'm, I'm winning all of them at this point. I don't know the last one I lost. So, to On recap. The money, I, sent, I sent the money. My Mine was over a million. Really, only because of Rory. Matt Fitzpatrick put up a really good fight, too. Seamus Power missed the cut. He won nothing. Going out there, playing a couple rounds of golf, winning absolutely no dollars. Go home, pal, you fucking loser. Seamus Power, totally out on him. You hate him now? I'm out. I'm out. Seamus, you let me down. You embarrass me. See you later. Okay. 
Um, so I believe Chad, here we go. I was over a million, a million, a little over a million. Uh, Chad, you're at 582,000. Connor, 189K. You know, Connor had a couple of nice meals out of it, but bringing up the rear over there. Just a poor effort. Now, he that was his first run, I believe, Chad, with us doing that. So we'll give him a little bit of slack there. Um, the Open's tough, honestly. There were a lot of interesting names that Listen, missed the cut, a lot of guys at the I, top of the board that you didn't expect. I, I do want to say Scheffler was right there until the final round. He just fell apart. He fell apart. Actually, that's a good yeah. point. Scheffler totally fell apart there at the end, uh, especially on Sunday. I guess the next major event is probably the players. And when is that, Chad? Like When is that? When's the players? No, the players already happened. So well, now is like the PG, uh, what's it called? The uh, FedEx points tournament. So you have like the BMW championship, um, the PGA championship, and then there's two events before that. It's like four weeks. And okay. each, each week, uh, guys are basically eliminated. And I Got think the, the, the championship is probably the the 21v1 battle royale they're gonna joust out there on the 18th hole. yeah but it's it's different because whoever's first in points going to that final tournament basically starts at 10 under whoever's second nine under yeah, eight under. Right. got it good stuff so, that'll be fun president's cup in charlotte in september that'll be good too a little bit different we'll talk about that then pack 12 our favorite conference college football we're almost there again you know coming off the big 12 week also side note uh baylor Bears mascot died this past week, passed away, rest in peace. Uh, the most recent Baylor Bears mascot for football. Uh, we love the uh, Baylor to win the conference bet even more now. So just remember that uh, as well as Kansas State. Anyway, on to the Pac-12. What do we know about the Pac-12 off the bat? Guys. Um, I have Go them up it. already. I have okay. them. So – uh, USC is the uh, favorite at plus 200 with all the changes there. Uh, our Utah Utes at plus 250. We always like the Utah Utes. Oregon plus 300. UCLA plus 1,000. Uh, Washington plus 1,200. Washington State 25 to 1. Oregon State 40 to 1. Arizona State 40 to 1. Cal 50 to 1. Stanford 50 to 1. And then you have Colorado at 200 to one and bringing up the rear Arizona at 250 to one Arizona should have a better football program that that they that just makes no sense to me Arizona and Colorado should be relegated they should be replaced by North Dakota State and by someone else from Division one AA it's unacceptable you can't be that bad it's hard it's very hard um, um. Uh, so my my juicy pick to start my favorite. I love the Utes. Um, we might be in unison here. I'll tell you what. Utah's a team. I mean, since we since the inception of this podcast, we love betting the Utes. Um, they made it to the Rose Bowl last year. They're going to be a preseason top six team. They bring back almost everyone. Their defense will be healthy, which it wasn't in the Rose Bowl. I'm I'm very excited about Utah now. Scheduling could sway me, so I'll let you guys go because I'm going to take a look at Utah's schedule real quick. I I think if you're going to bet someone, I don't even think there's great value on it, but I, I just I don't see USC losing this conference this year. 
I just I think this is the year that they finally just kind of actually produce up to USC's standards with Lincoln Riley there. But I I mean I I would I don't think I'm gonna bet it at plus two hundred, but I could very easily see it getting to like minus three hundred, minus four hundred by the midway point of the season. It's week seven, Connor. So USC starts the year with Rice, Stanford, Fresno State, Oregon State, Arizona State, Washington State. That's about as hideous as it comes. I mean, they could play with nine guys and be um, 6-0 and after that. And then it's week seven at Utah. That week, that game decides the conference. And I just – I know they're, they're – are they on the same side or opposite sides? Uh, Utah and who? USC. They're usually on the same side, uh, so I'm almost positive, but uh, let me double-check that for you. Yes, they are. So that yeah. game determines you know, who represents in the Pac-12 championship, and I just – at Utah is not an easy place to play. Um, week seven, the weather will be probably not terrible, um, but I just – I think Utah at home in October mm-hmm. against USC – you know, I, I, I think Utah could run the table. You know, the problem for them is they start at in the swamp week one. That's an underrated game. Yeah. All right. So I I love Utah. Um, I love Utah. <laughs> I love Oregon. I think Utah-Oregon face off in the conference uh, championship game again. It'll be a rematch, and I think it'll be a tighter rematch this year. Um Utah simply has so much experience. I think Kyle Whittingham is a top five coach in college football. Um, doesn't get enough press for for how strong of a coach he is. They bring back a lot of experience. I think the big thing is like it's just a weaker side of the table for them. You know, Colorado, Arizona State, Arizona. Don't know, don't care. They're not good. They're not good football teams. Simply put, UCLA. You know, they were good, solid, but they're not winning that division. UCLA is not going to be in the conference championship. So then you look at USC. And their defense was bad. They were four and eight last year. Lincoln, they're going to put up points. USC, I'm telling you now, high scoring games. The USC games are going to be high scoring with that offense. They got playmakers. They had Caleb Williams, Jordan Addison. But damn it to hell, their defense is not good. <laughs> it's not going to get better under Lincoln Riley coming from the Big 12 with Oklahoma. All you do is offense there. Nothing's changing. High scoring. USC bet the overs in their games. But when they go to Utah, to Chad's point, you know, the road game in Utah, Utah hosting it. Utah's got a defense, you know, almost it's like Lincoln Riley's hopping into a very similar dynamic in terms of the conference. But then you look at a Utah and they're going to give them problems. Um, they returned 14 starters uh, and they, they or excuse me, I think Oregon, Utah, one of them, Oregon returns 14 starters. Utah returns a bunch of starters. They, I think they have their whole uh Couple line, a couple ends, a cornerback, couple linebackers, cornerbacks returning to health. They, they got a lot Utah of does. Utah does notably lose uh, Devin Lloyd, who was a first round draft pick this year. They're, but that's okay. They're starting um, at a linebacker. They return a lot of talent, especially on the defensive side. Their offense will be good. You know, they'll replace some guys. They're going to be fine. I think they're going to win that. I think Oregon takes them down, though. I think Oregon will win the conference. I would put them at the top. Um, Dan Dan Lanning, where is he coming over from, new coach? Uh, you may have already said it. I don't remember where he's coming from. Coming over from Georgia. He was the, uh, the D coordinator. Yeah. 
I think he's going to come over and they're going to be good. The way it's set up, you know, defensive minded coach, kind of similar to Utah and the Pac 12. They're going to be, they're going to be good. They bring back 14 starters, 10 and four last year. Bo Nix coming over. I actually think Bo Nix might be a pretty good quarterback out there in the Pac 12, a change of scenery with Oregon. Um, I think that could be interesting. All five linemen are back, I believe. Um, and they, they don't play USC this year. Utah and UCLA are at home pretty favorable i like oregon a lot and i think they'll have a little bit of revenge on their mind because i think they'll have a little bit of more uh experience well the starters coming back you know fresh taste in their mouth i don't think utah's a team that you're gonna utah's doesn't feel like a back-to-back pac-12 winner you know i think oregon's gonna put themselves in name for for national uh for playoff consideration this year oh uh utah's offense looked pretty good in that rose bowl last year until the Jackson Smith and Jake Boo just went absolutely absurd. But Bo Nix, yeah, Bo I mean, Nix is QB in them. I know he's battling a freshman, Ty Thompson. Um, but I think Nix is going to have a chip on his shoulder, and if he gets the job, I think he's going to be playing very motivated. I'll, I'll tell you what—they're anchored on defense by Panay Sewell's brother, their linebacker. Yeah. He's he's going to be up for uh, what is it, the Bednarik, the best linebacker yeah. in the country. I think, uh, I think he's a beast. Bo Nix. Bo Nix, a huge pressure release just leaving Auburn. I think it was a pressure cooker for him there. Like, he always underachieved. Now he's out in Oregon. People don't even expect him to know, know if he's going to win the job out there. As the far as the offensive system at Auburn was trash. Absolute dog water. They ran – that offense was awful. Sometimes a guy needs a change of scenery, you know? Yeah. But I was going to say, I feel like UCLA is going to be a very trendy pick for people with uh, plus 1,000. People love Chip Kelly, people, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Um, but I agree. I, I truly think it's USC or I think USC might blow away the conference. I just, I have a lot of confidence in them. All right, but folks, you heard we'll it here see. first. Chad Michael is going with the Utah Utes. Connor F. Powers is going with the USC Trojans. And John W. Clemens is going with the Oregon Ducks. Quack, quack. I Tell was going to ask, do you think there's any value on Caleb Williams is currently plus 600 to win the Heisman has the third best odds. USC has to run the table and make the playoffs for him to win that. Right. And even then he might not get it. I I think make the playoffs. I don't like they could get in with one loss. So I don't know about run the table, but if they make the playoffs, he's going to be a finalist. Um, I just, I have concerns there. I mean, he had some horrific games last year for Oklahoma. I know he came onto the scene strong against Texas and then the following week, but he had a couple not very good games. So it remains to be seen. I don't know. I mean, Oklahoma's offensive line was really damn good. I don't know if they brought USC brought in any Oklahoma transfers along the O-line or how the USC offensive line looks, but keep an eye on that, uh, especially early in the year. In terms uh, of playoff teams, so 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 we each have three different teams, you know, winning this conference. Um, so I can go to you two, Connor. You have USC winning. Do you see them making the playoffs? And then John, you have Oregon winning. Do you see them making the playoffs? I don't see Oregon making the playoffs, but I think they're going to throw their name in consideration. Um, I mean. It'll be tough. I just don't know if the Pac-12 has the firepower, and I don't know if they can do that. 
Like they could drop a few games and still win the conference, basically, is what I'm saying. Oregon State's a dangerous team. Um, you know, they they could get upset. So I, I, I don't I, I just generally don't don't think I would put the Pac twelve in the playoff. You know? I'll, I'll tell you what, I think a one loss USC team this year based off of of brand name and and just increased viewership this year i think they would get in over a one loss uh big 10 team personally that wins the conference or doesn't win the conference they both win the conference i'm saying as a as a as a conference looking for a second team oh okay e uh yeah i guess anyone but ohio state like yeah. if it was or georgia yeah yeah i just i i think i think it's either usc or utah and i think both of them will have two losses and i just i think they'll be on the outside looking in now you if, if right, usc I, I, or utah finish with one loss they're both in a hundred percent don't even have to think twice about it they're both going to be preseason top 10. If you start the year in the top 10 you only lose one game during the year you're in the playoff winning the conference 100 percent. all right what what about this scenario uh you have one loss usc as a pac-12 champion you have uh one loss texas as a as a big 12 champion and then you have ohio state from the big 10 bama from the big uh from the sec and then you have a either and then you also have a one loss Clemson, and you have a one loss georgia who gets in in that scenario so georgia's 100 percent out because their one loss would be in the title game against bama so georgia's out they didn't win their conference um i think it would not be texas because they're going to start the year lowest in the preseason rankings they're going to be right around 14 15. So I think it's Bama, Georgia, or Bama, Ohio State are a hundred percent in that scenario, and then I think it's probably Clemson, USC. Wow, I could see Georgia getting in over a one-loss Clemson in that scenario. Just, just the ACC doesn't have much going for it right now in terms of other good teams, but NC State's ranked, so I'll give them that, and Wake Forest is ranked. So, listen, here's where we're getting. Here's the playoff. Make it very simple. Alabama, Ohio State, Baylor, and the University of South Carolina Gamecocks. That is your 14 playoff for this year. And John just jumped ahead a month in our schedule with that one. Audacious. Um, Shut the hell up. Uh, Connor, you mentioned the, the Caleb Williams Heisman odds. I'm trying to think if there's anyone else in the Pac-12 that would warrant Heisman odds. Um Watch out for Bo Nix. Bo I don't Nix. know where. Watch out where for JT Daniels is playing this year. Uh, watch out for Georgia still. West Virginia. Really? Yeah. So he's not in the pack. He's not in the pack. That's really well. random. That's really yeah. random. <laughs> Listen, watch out for Bo Jangles next. Bo Nix is plus five thousand. He's he's up there. And then uh, is Devin Leary the QB for Utah? He is right. No, that's the NC yeah. State quarterback. Uh, other than Bo Nix and uh, and Caleb Williams, there's no one really else in there. No, maybe Chardonnay if he's still at UCLA, the running back. Um, he's he's gone. Okay, that's about it. 
Um, let's folks, we're going to lose, uh, Mr. Clemens here in a second. Got a work event, always making it about himself, but, uh, uh we're going to, we're going to, we're going to extend it as far as we can. You know, we're going to extend as far as we can. We're going to keep running. We're going to keep running. We're going to hustle, hustle, hustle. All right. So we're going to go into the NFL and AFC West. We're going to the AFC West where we have the chargers. We have the chiefs. We have the Broncos. We have the Raiders. Maybe the best division in the AFC. Uh, it is the best division in the AFC. We actually don't even need to discuss that. Um, Connor, do you have AFC West odds for us? I do. Um, AFC West. The Chiefs are the favorites, plus 155. Chargers, plus 230. Broncos, plus 260. Raiders, plus 650. Uh, easily the most competitive division in football, at least in terms of the preseason odds. So my team that has no chance that they have the second best odds, the Chargers will not be win the division. So just throw them out of the discussion to begin with. It's down to three teams. I legitimately love the Raiders. They add in the best receiver in football. Derek Carr's a beast. You've got still have Josh Jacobs at running back. Question is, is the if the if their defense is a top 12 defense this year, I think they win the division. But that remains to be seen. Someone here loves the Chargers. I already know it, so go ahead and get it out of the way. It's just a waste of time talking about the Chargers, but go ahead. Why, why do you not like the Chargers? They add Khalil Mack. Derwin James is another year healthy. They Justin had Derwin Herbert at the end another of last year. year. They had what's-his-name who's now with – the Dolphins, who was with the Chargers for years, he's basically, you know, where Khalil Mack is at his state at this stage of the career is where um, who, who's the uh, Melvin Ingram? Ingram, basically Stop Melvin that. Ingram a few years Stop ago. Um, I just and I've like Herbert's fine. I just don't. I Herbert's not a winner yet. Maybe he'll get there someday. He's just not a winner. Um, they've got phenomenal running back two phenomenal receivers i just the defense yeesh, gives me the heebie-jeebies the willies i think the broncos win it this year but i don't like the value on them at plus 260. i think there is value on the raiders honestly i i i love like their pass rush one of the best in the league last year their secondary was pretty bad last year so if that can take a step forward then you know but... i mean is it as simple as whatever team in this division has the best defense will win the division is it that simple like none uh, of us are on the table for the the chiefs right now i would not be surprised if the chiefs did not win this division no yeah i mean i think the chiefs also as we've seen the last couple of years uh there's stretches during the season where they just really don't care about the regular season games. Uh, so we'll see. I think that all the team, I think every single one of these teams will have a winning record at the end of the season. So it's a really good division. Is it the best division in football? On paper going into the season? Absolutely. Like, is there going to be more competitive you know, you're sitting there, picture this Sunday, you know, Sunday afternoon, you know, maybe, maybe you had a nice healthy weekend, you know, you ate well, you worked out a couple of times, you know, you're feeling good. So you're going to crack a couple of beers, you know, reward yourself for a nice weekend. Sunday afternoon, Chiefs Raiders is on, uh, snowing in Arrowhead, right? You know, it's November. 
Um, you're 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 gonna you're gonna get rewarded. That's gonna be a good football game. You know, that's gonna be a fucking battle. Um, you know, you know, it's October. The Broncos, Russell Wilson's out there. They're hosting the Chargers. Justin Herbert. I feel like that. You're looking at a couple 350 yard passing performances out of the two of them. These are going to be good football games. These are some good quarterbacks, good teams. It's going to be exciting out west. The 405 slot. That's what we need for that. It really sucks when the 405 slot's not good because then you're looking at Sunday night because then you're skipping that and you got about four hours to think about the fact that you got work in a few hours and football is not going to happen again for a few weeks or sorry for a few days, not a few weeks. My bold picture that I'm excited about AFC West football. My bold prediction. I don't know if it's bold, but the AFC West teams will not be represented in the famous seventh rounders where or um, irrelevant game of the week pick at all this year. I think that's a safe one. I think if you you were to make those odds, you'd put those odds that there there's not one single game where not both, but just one of the teams. Like there's no way there we have a single game where one of the teams is an AFC West team. I put those odds at plus one twenty five, and I put no I, at minus one fifty. I think you. I think there's a chance that they're so much better than a bad team that they get on one. I would say we never, the odds we never are- had that though. If you think about all the matchups, there's always at least one te- one matchup where it's like one win, two wins facing off. Okay. Well, I would all say the, the odds. Are- I would set the odds at plus 175 that they're not. All right, tweet us. Chad, you know, I'll, I'll do what Chad does. Chad loves to say tweet us. No one ever tweets us, so we should just do polls. But tweet us what you think those odds would be if you're Perfect. out there and trying to do that. Um, Who will, next decision, who will lead this division in passing yards? Think before you speak. Derek Carr. Wow. Wow. I'm going Derek Carr. I think that the Raiders are going to sling the ball around. They got Adams. They got Darren Waller. And whoever else, put me, Connor, and Chad out there. We're going to fill a role. They got Hunter Renfro. I think Derek Carr is going to have a big season. I like the Raiders a lot. Last year, Herbert had 5,000 yards passing. Mahomes had 4,840 yards, and Derek Carr had 4,800. So they were all within 200 yards of each other. It's it's going to be Carr for me this year if I'm on it. Are we? Is this another seventh rounders? Is he going to go different? So Connor went Herbert. I'm going Carr. Will I'll Chad go, Mahomes. go one of them? Okay. Mahomes. Yeah. All right. Winner. Uh, winner will host the seventh rounders event in their city. Winner of this bet. Okay. Is that a deal? Yeah, I like that. Is that a deal? All right. So the seventh rounders reception ball will be hosted at the winner of this wager's city. If Derek Carr leads the AFC West in passing yards, Charlotte will be the host city. If it is Patrick Mahomes, Washington, D.C., Arlington, Chad Messier will be the host city. And New York City will be hosting, uh, you know, Concrete Jungle if Mr. Herbert leads the AFC West in passing. Let's go. All right. I love this division. No no bet on the next two items, but who will – and this is off the top. We don't have to discuss it long. But who will lead the AFC West in rushing yards and receiving yards? I'll go. I'll give you guys a chance to think, okay, because I'm an honorable human being. 
Uh, leading them in rushing will be Javante Williams in Denver, and receiving yards will be Travis Kelsey. Okay. I'm going to go Ooh, receiving yards. I am going to go Jerry Judy. Jerry the Judy Ju hype train is way too high this year. Like, people love that guy. He's He just hasn't produced yet, but. I was on this year with, three years ago. Everyone's hopping on my hands right now. And it's crazy because none of us had Russell Wilson to lead the league in or to lead the division passing. But I'm going to go Jerry Judy. I think he's going to stand out. Because, you know, I look at the Chiefs. You know, I look at Kelsey. I think he's, he's a tight end. I don't think he's going to do it. I think someone's going to step up a receiver out there. Um, the Raiders got Adams and Waller. They're going to split the load. The Chargers, I feel like, got a bunch of options. Mike Williams plays about nine games, but over 1,200 yards. You got Keenan Allen. You got a few other guys. They're going to be evenly distributed. But I think Jerry Judy has a chance to step up and be the guy, you know? I'm going to keep it easy. It's going to be Devontae Adams. Okay. That's a very, very safe bet. Um, in terms of the rushing leader, uh... I love Javante Williams. That's why I don't think Russell Wilson leads the division in passing. So give me <laughs> Javante Williams to lead the the division in rushing. I, 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 I think if there was a market for that, he'd be a pretty substantial favorite, honestly. Austin Eckler is – is also a three down back, so he, he would have a chance. I just feel like the Chargers are a little more let's get Eckler the ball in space than the Broncos are. Let's hand it yeah. off. I'm gonna go Eckler. I'm just gonna go Eckler. I don't know. Running, I don't know. I could see all these teams being super pass heavy, so I don't know. I'm going Eckler though. He's the most established in my eyes. What else do we have on this division? Anything? Um, I, I don't. I'm intrigued. So, like, looking at who 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 do we – did you guys say who you think are going to win the division? Apologies if I missed it. Uh, I said Chiefs. John said Raiders. Connor said Broncos. I did not. You're thinking of the quarterback yardage. Oh. Uh, um. <laughs> I said I, I thought that Derek Carr would lead the division in passing yards. I think the Chiefs also still win the division. I think the Chiefs will get it done, but I think every team is going to be at least 500. Two of them might be right on 500. Two of them might be over. But I think it's going to be an awesome division to watch. So, so John, over, under two and a half AFC West teams make the playoffs. How many teams get wild card now? Three? Two? Uh, two. How many is it, Connor? Two or three? Two. Okay. Yeah, John. So over under two and a half. I think two will. I think they're I think two of them are gonna get banged up enough that they're gonna be like the first two out. Like I said, like two five hundred. Then those two won't get in. But I think the top two will. Okay. All right. Um that's all I got. John, any lasting remarks? I have the the tweet of the week. We're implementing a new segment. This there I, I are mean, uh, wait. I think there's three wild card teams now. I think seven from each conference makes the playoffs. So that'd be four division winners and three wild card. Oh, I think does that, does that change your bet, John? It might. Yeah. It's so confusing, dude. How, all how these does that make standings. sense? How would that work? Because 
Don't the one and yeah. two seeds have buys, or is it just the one seed? Just the one seed now. So there's seven okay. teams make the playoffs. There's a seven seed. So there's I thought there was three. I thought it changed. So three wild card teams. I actually would say then that three. Yes, I would say over two and a half. I would say three AFC West teams make it. All right. Um, as I was saying, because it's probably new- plus odds for that. It's probably plus odds for anyone to be over two and a half. So I would take it at plus odds. Okay. New segment. It's the tweet of the week. I've implemented that as of five minutes ago. Um, this was tweeted on July 17th by Will Sennett. Uh, if you'd like to follow him, he is at is S E N N underscore spud. Um, he has a nice mustache. It looks like, um, but this was liked by our good friend, Austin Woodland. And I saw it and folks, I bursted out laughing. It was, it was a Sunday night and I just, I couldn't contain myself. I may have sent this to the boys. I don't remember. I definitely did. But it, it, all it said was, <laughs> I drank two hazy IPAs last night and woke up in the woods surrounded by the enemies. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. I just thought it was a light. Basically, he's a lightweight. I don't know. I, but it sounded like me. I have it's literally not, it does sound like you. The, the, more, the more you say it. I, I've fallen in the woods before after a drink or two, and like I think I'm surrounded. I've taken stumbles down hills, and it's like everyone's stacked against me. So I like the I feel that. Say, the more you say it, the more it definitely does sound like you. Oh yeah. Um, any other final thoughts from you two? Um, we're gonna s- skip 16 questions this week. We just don't have enough time. Um, we're doing 20 now. You keep saying 16. It's 20. 20. So we've got through the home run derby. We've got through the Pac-12, the AFC West. You know, we've been efficient. I'm out here in Daytona Beach. We're recording from a hotel room. And then it seems like my connection and audio and Wi-Fi and everything is actually better than my home Wi-Fi, which is crazy. Out here at the Shores Resort uh, in Daytona Beach, you know, um, just cold snacking away down here. Melky Cabrera, who's back of the week? Chad Chad Messier brought to our attention. Melky Cabrera, I guess, is in the Mets organization. Confirm. Uh, I can confirm. We should actually one of our upcoming weeks, a bet of ours, the loser has to add Melky Cabrera in fantasy. That's actually hilarious. It's actually really funny. <laughs> so um yes. Uh I think that's it. We're gonna Wait, sail I, off. Oh, we're not. No, 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 no. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. A little jab, pump fake crossover. Step back. We're going to step back. We're going to continue to sail off. Listen, listen, listen. Oh, All right. Pump fake again. Okay. Listen, we're going to pump fake again. Uh, I was saying, I so we were on this road trip right from Charlotte to Daytona today, the office. Uh, 5.30 departure time on the bus. I've been up since 4.45 a.m. It's 6, 6 p.m. I got very minimal sleep on the bus. It's hard. Legs are long. It's tough. Very challenging. Um. Me and my coworker, we ran the uh, Wildcat offense. Shout out Ronnie Brown, Ricky Williams there at the rest stop. Chick-fil-A, Starbucks. One of us went Chick-fil-A, one of us went to Starbucks to get each other's orders at each to uh, you know be efficient on time. The Wildcat offense, that's what it's all about. Um, quick shout out, Julio Rodriguez. If he uh, wins the All-Star Game MVP tonight, I took him at plus 6,500 odds, threw a unit on it. That is an absolutely insane payout if if Julio wins MVP tonight. 
Um, so my last call will be the all-star game format, extra innings. If this game is tied after nine innings tonight, now this episode will come out after it's already happened. So this is like a, like a precursor, uh, but sequel at the same time. Uh, if it goes to extra innings now, it goes to a home run derby, like a hockey shootout and Julio's in that. So if Julio, if that happens and he can get up there and hit the game winning home run in a home run derby shootout and we win MVP, the fellas, the seventh rounders are hosting a trip. I know it's Listen, it's on Julio. John, make an agreement. If this goes into extras for the home run derby shootout, you will go live on Instagram. Oh, I will. And I'll be banged up. I'll be okay. buckled. I'll be buckled on there. Perfect. But it's okay. Okay. Connor, are you good? Any final thoughts from you? Or are you good to sail off? All right. Connor's good to sail off. Uh, we take that Hezzy J. Uh, and we will talk to you all again next week. I love you. Good night. Thank you for listening. Productions by AJ Bradbury.